basically it's setting up middle class for failure is what they are doing. But your question was, what do solutions look like? And so I want to address that because a lot of people are quick to complain, uh, but they're not really spending any time about coming up with the solutions uh, to these problems. So I always say to people, look, you, you have a choice. You can be a part of the problem or you can be a part of the solution. Now, problems are what happens to you when you just sit around and accept whatever comes your way. Solutions take a little bit of effort on your part. And if we coordinate this in a grassroots manner, that's where you start to make the difference. So what does a solution look like? Thanks for stopping by the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. I'm the host of the show, Sean Dustin. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. It's good to have you with us today. There are a couple of ways that you can help support the show, one of which is if you know somebody out there who would benefit, family, friends, from listening to the show or an episode in this show, send them over. I'd be happy to have them as listeners. Also, you can subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if I'm currently not available on the platform you listen to, send me an email and I will try to get added to it. I have merchandise available now, hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, and other items. This is another way you can help support the show and the show will get a portion of the proceeds. You can find direct links to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, merchandise, and anywhere else we are online at the bottom of the show notes. Go to the Linktree link, and that will take you to all the ways to connect to the show. This is the part of the show where I ask if anybody wants to be a guest on the show. You feel like you have a story to tell uh, that somebody would benefit from listening to uh, your story. I disabled my scheduling page on the link tree, but what you can do is you can go over to the link tree and submit an email and tell me your story. And if I think it, you know, fits with, uh, my show and, and the message that I'm trying to put out there, then I will, uh, hit you back and send you a scheduling link and then we can go from there. So without further ado, let's get to the show. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Dustin. Today, I am talking to Edward Escobar, and Edward is actually a advocate uh, for the gig economy. He actually has some other uh, things that he's doing, but he's got a podcast as well. And I think, he, you know, Edward, you talk about gig economy and actually uh, a movement to organize gig workers into a union, correct? Or somewhat, uh, something close to that? Well, first of all, thanks, Sean, Dustin, for having me. And uh, it's actually about unifying. It's not about forming a union. The, the concept that we promote and is about solidarity unionism uh, compa as compared to the bureaucratic unionism that most folks are familiar with. Ours is about uniting 
uh, common causes in solidarity. So it's about coalitions. Um, it, it's about the group think and uh, working together. And this is something that doesn't have the limitations of, of any kind of a structural infrastructure uh, competition and things like that. We're all in this together. So that's why it's uh, it, the concept of solidarity unionism that we're actually uh, promoting. Okay, because I'm I'm from the other one. I be, I belong to a, uh, a a building trades union. So I mean that's the traditional one you're talking about, where you have elections and it's more of a uh, democratic uh, voting system. Which I, I found out the hard way that I'm not as popular as I thought I was when I ran to be a business agent last year. Yeah, I have been in unions. I'm I'm still like Screen Actors Guild after, uh, and. Uh, so I believe in the concept of, of, of unions. Uh, but the problem is in many respects, the, the, uh, whole bureaucratic, uh, unionism has, uh, has not put and kept the worker as the priority, as the agenda, the, the top agenda for their, uh, their approach, their push, because they have uh, a lot of the unions, they have their hidden agendas, ulterior motives, but uh, it's pretty clear and obvious. They want to expand their ranks uh, and increase their, their membership. And of course, that means money, more membership dues. And uh, what we're not seeing is real effective use of that money uh, to promote the agenda of workers. So that's where we are the tip of the spear as a new alternative labor movement. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a, a a good a good place to start, and right now is definitely a good time to be talking about stuff like this because, I mean, think about it. I'm pretty active as far as like you know, paying attention to what's happening politically, and a lot of the push against labor is coming from the huge corporations, right? The, the corporations that have huge tax breaks, don't really pay taxes at all. Uh, don't want unionism, can't stand it. Union bust at all costs and will fire uh, employees. Like think about uh, Amazon. If you even try to rise up and start a union or organize in your, in your own company, is that pretty accurate? Yeah. There's a lot of pushback because, with uh, any type of organizing of workers, that means workers' rights, which means you know, regulatory agencies will come in and start to pick them apart uh, and basically enforcing the labor laws, the wage and hour laws that are already on the books. Uh, you really don't have to create a bunch of new labor laws and regulations. People are really concerned, oh, you're going to bring government into what we do and you know, why would you want to do that? They just mess everything up that they touch. Well, why? Because in many respects, if the corporations were behaving better and not badly, then it wouldn't be necessary to have the regulations. But, you know, that's relying on this whole like trickle down theory that they're actually going to take care of everyone in, you know, below them in that pyramid structure that corporations are set up as. And that, in reality, does not execute as we would like. So it always takes from the trenches to push upwards to make change happen, and it's for the greater good. Uh, of course, sustainability factors should always be the primary focus because uh, this is a long-term effort, 
and it benefits everyone. And when it benefits everyone as workers, it benefits everyone as in the society, the greater society. Uh, you know, taxpayers, of course, don't have to then come in and and cover the and fill the void for the corporations and and uh, and basically they're they're contributing to the bottom line corporate profits for everything that the corporation does not do themselves in terms of assuming their full responsibility as they should, but they've been allowed to get away with quite a bit. And it's up to us to basically shed a light on that and create transparency to what's going on and tell everyone, hey, wake up, man. Because if you don't take care of having corporations take care of their own business, then the taxpayers are always going to have to pick up the bill at the end of the day. And the workers themselves are also taxpayers. So they pay doubly so, uh, and it hurts twice times. <laughs> it's twice times the pain. So it's not acceptable, uh, but yet it happens. And uh, you have a lot of this extreme capitalism happening, uh, which is causing extreme human suffering. And we really do rail against that because, look, everyone is entitled to make profits, but you don't need to make extreme profits and cause this amount of human suffering. It's just not necessary. There's plenty of money to go around. And so they need to work on sharing the love a lot more. And social responsibility, corporate responsibility, those two uh, don't meet presently, but they should. Well, I mean, we're we're right in the middle of it right now. I mean, it's unfolding right in front of our very eyes. The inequality and the social and and the wealthy socialist uh, agenda that is is transpiring right now. I mean, you've got the you know these we're bailing people out. Right. With our money that we've been taxed on. And yet we get no uh, profit sharing for, yeah, for the, no benefits. Yeah. In I mean, return. you know, yeah. you just you just you steal our money, put it where you want to. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of it gets kicked back to these politicians. I mean, you know, that there's no proof of that. But I mean, come on. Why else would you make you know decisions that you are that affect so many people? And act like that you are, don't and act like you don't care. You just continue to do it anyways. Nancy Pelosi is a great example. I mean, we're right. really we're really living in an era of, you know, we're we're it's it's the two heads of the same snake. Right. And they're making a lot of decisions, really, that uh, are favorable to the corporations. And so what you had said, it's like, what is their motivation to do that? If, if not some type of a quid pro quo there. There's some stuff going on. There's backroom deals. Uh, you know, they, uh, you have politicians that are intimidated by the corporations and their power, uh, their, their influence, their money, um, that they're able to drop on an, uh, uh, opposition candidate that they can replace then this candidate. If you're not going to play ball with them, you know, they'll put someone else in there. So that's the reality. And that shouldn't be like that. We, should be addressing that to remove as much of this extreme money out of the politics uh, of what's happening today. But, you know, we have to have an awakening and that's what's required. It has to be groundswell grassroots in nature because these folks, the, the legislators, politicians, they're supposed to work for us and we have to remind them constantly uh, because, well, if not, they continue with their bad behavior um, ad nauseum, and it's detrimental, and it keeps making uh, an otherwise uh, workable problem 
into something that's worse. And the longer it's allowed to fester, then the greater the spreads as a, as a disease or rather a virus that in, in the case of the gig economy and the tech titans of Silicon Valley, it becomes a global issue. This is a global issue. Just like the pandemic, this global pandemic with the virus, their bad behavior, this corporate extreme uh, uh, abuse is also a virus that is being spread because they have no concern or consideration uh, as far as any national uh, sovereign concerns or anything. It, it's all about the globalists and the corporatists and about that upper circle, the inner circle that the people, they say that the one percenters, I'm sorry. It's like one thousandth of one percent and, and even less than that that are actually calling all the shots that are making all this happen. And the other folks that think they're a part of that team up there, they're sadly mistaken because they will be thrown under the bus in a heartbeat to accomplish and facilitate the agendas of the, the ones that sit up on high. So it's that simple. Everyone is expendable, replaceable, and disposable, and they don't know it until it happens. So folks, <laughs> we're all on the short end of the stick, unfortunately, but we need to take that stick back and use it against them. What 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 does taking it back look like? Because I had my ideas. I mean, and, and we're in the perfect situation. We we well, actually, we were in the perfect situation while everybody was sitting at home getting paid, uh, or or you know at least having retroactive payments. You know, once your your claims and everything else went through, would have been the perfect time for us to go on a general strike and actually at, demand what we should be having, uh, have Medicare for all, because we're finding out that. In this 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 COVID thing, for the people that lost their jobs or are not working, if you're not working, you're not paying into your medical. If you're not paying into your medical, you are no longer covered. So if anything happens to you, even though the government said, okay, yeah, well, we'll we'll cover any COVID uh, uh, deals, but I mean, what about the other stuff that isn't covered by COVID? And now we can't we can't do so. Medicare for all is definitely something that needed to be on the table, as well as a UBI a universal basic income that every American gets. I mean, if we're not going to, if you're going to continue to bail out these companies, then we need some money in return because for the last bailout and 5 million people, families lost their homes in 2008, 2009 and 2010. What, what did they get for the bailout? Nothing. They got kicked out of their homes and said, bye, sorry, tough shit. And we're about to be in the same situation. What did the hold on? What did the deferment of of the mortgages and all that other stuff? What what did it do for anybody? Nothing. It, it prolonged the inevitable. Yeah, you prolonged the inevitable. And guess what? If you can't come up with that money in in on the fourth month, so you got a two thousand dollar mortgage, right? So if you can't come up with eight thousand dollars on the fourth month, you're out. What are you going to do? Right. So we're going to be back to two thousand eight again. So. Basically, it's setting up middle class for failure is what they are doing. But your question was, what do solutions look like? And so I want to address that because a lot of people are quick to complain, uh, but they're not really spending any time about coming up with the solutions uh, to these problems. So I always say to people, look, you, you have a choice. You can be a part of the problem or you can be a part of the solution. Now, problems are what happens to you when you just sit around 
and accept whatever comes your way. Solutions take a little bit of effort on your part. And if we coordinate this in a grassroots manner, that's where you start to make the difference. So what does a solution look like? Well, let me refer to what just happened recently. We had May Day that just happened. May Day is a product of the late 1800s in the U.S. It's actually International Workers Day. Labor Day, which is used for picnics and everything, which comes later on in the year, that's not in sync with the rest of the world. So we need to get in sync with the rest of the world and we need to unite in solidarity, all workers, from a grassroots movement. Now, you mentioned about uh, Medicare for all, uh, the, the basic income, universal basic income. They're all great tools uh, to help provide some solution. But we have to really look at the core issues of where the problems are emanating from. What is the source of all these problems? Who's driving this? We can't keep putting out the fires and chasing around to see who these fire starters are. We don't even know who they are, but we do. All you have to do is follow the money. And that's what will tell you and point you in the direction. So people, they get caught up in, in this and that. No, this is causing this problem. And so everyone is divided. So we divide amongst ourselves and we are easily conquered. We're giving our power away. So, so the main issue is for us to unite we bring all of our challenges together and, and, and we kind of refine, we filter through all that and we find exactly what are the main core issues. When you go after core problems, it'll address the symptoms by default. So with that kind of a mentality of troubleshooting, that's how you get stuff done. It's not just reacting. You know, there's a saying, uh, it, it's better to respond strategically than to react emotionally. And that's a very powerful statement if you stop and think about it. So reacting emotionally, well, you're already owned. You're already controlled. That's the tail wagging the dog. We are the dog and they know it. And the dog has a bite if we exercise that bite. But it's up to us to realize and acknowledge the power we have in solidarity, in uniting all together. That's why a lot of folks, and like yourself included, you started off and you said about unions. It's like, no, no, no. Do not confuse uniting with what we're doing. You know, you, what we're doing is a true union, but it's a solidarity union. And people, they, they confuse. They think, oh, you know, right away they say, it's a union, bureaucratic union. And that's why I have to clarify. There's two different concepts here. And, and, and yes, the root word of union is uni. Uni, it's one, is to unite universally. You know, universal, uni, once again. And, and what is that? Uni, you and I, you and I together, we could find solutions. No one has all the answers, but together we can find the solutions. And so that's why it's a movement. It's a cause that we have to all pull together. We have to all throw in. A lot of people are quick to come out and, and criticize and, and say, oh, you could do this. You should do that. You know, is it too, too many cooks spoil the broth, right? But the reality is, is that everyone's got to throw in. You can't be 
the first to be asking for benefits, and yet you didn't contribute to try to find solutions. Some way, shape, or form. We have a lot of people, too, that we come across. And they, oh, what can I do? I can't do anything. I don't, I'm not like you. I'm not, well, who am I? I'm just someone who's applying myself. I found a need, and I'm filling it. That's what I'm doing. Because my existence should be mean, meaning more in terms of uh, relevance to this world that I contributed something, that my existence actually meant something that I led to a change on a massive scale. To me, that's that's the kind of legacy that I want to leave behind, is that I made a difference. And together, pooling our resources, our minds, uh, you know, all these creative solutions and everything, we can, as they say, si se puede, yes, we can. So as you, as you see, then, I have this image up uh, you know, May Day, uh, 2020, this year, May 1st, uh, at the Port of Oakland, there was a huge rally in collaboration with the ILWU, which is the International Longshore Warehouse Union. They handle a lot of uh, the ports uh, up and down the coast in different parts of, of our country, uh, in Hawaii as well, Alaska, and part of Canada. And uh, great collaboration with these folks. And we had uh, also a part of our uh, big push is the Truckers Unite, hashtag Truckers Unite. And uh, we have hashtag Drivers Unite. We have hashtag Gig Workers Unite. What is really the unifying thread? Unite. And other organizations, they say such and such united. This company united. I'm sorry. United you are not. It's obvious. Because if you were, we'd be getting different results much quicker. So to, to say Truckers Unite is a call to action, to say Drivers Unite is a call to action, Gig Workers Unite is a call to action. And just to clarify that term, gig, because a lot of people are very much confused about what does that mean? What's the gig economy? What's a gig worker? What is that? Well, they use different words for, for, for the same thing. It's like they say a rose is still a rose by any other name. So gig worker, patchwork worker, uh, casual worker, informal worker. Uh, bottom line, it comes down to independent contractor, 1099 worker. Now, in the case of Uber, Lyft workers, and a lot of these like DoorDash, Postmate, and Instacart, you know, you, they're independent contractors by name only. And that means that they call them independent contractors, but they treat them less than part-time minimum wage employees. Actually, those minimum wage employees have more rights than we do because they have regulatory agencies that'll step up that they could go to. They have lawyers that understand proper classification and how to file uh, uh, legal claims uh, with wage and, and our laws. So that simplifies it for them. And so they have a safety net. And that, that's what it comes down to is where's the safety net non-existent for the independent contractor. Now, independent contractors, supposedly the concept is as a real independent contractor, you should be setting your own rates, terms, and conditions. Think in terms of an electrician, a plumber, a carpenter. They set their own rates, terms, and conditions. That is what a real independent contractor does. As soon as you start to bring in control mechanisms, and the IRS is also very specific about that. They are clear. They say that a hiring entity cannot dict 
dictate the manner in which the services are performed. We are already hired as a trained professional that already knows how to perform the duties. And the concerns of the hiring entity is just as to the results that are provided. That is it. Beyond that, hands off, stay off, stay off. Do not dictate. Uh, but unfortunately, what's come down is that you have these other companies that exercise fear and terror, intimidation, and they use algorithms to run these folks, unfortunately, into the ground. And a lot of people relating to the driving part, they're being driven into poverty, despair, and in some cases, suicide. That's how tragic it is. In New York City alone, there's been more than uh, 11 suicides related to that. I could just imagine now with what's happened recently with this whole COVID crisis that it's, it's become even worse. And it, it's exponentially, exponentially uh, damaging our society across the board. And let me also bring to the attention of folks is that if you maintain independent contractor status, you're also preserving what it means to be a full-time employee. So you're preserving full-time employment. I like to use the analogy like in the temple of work, you have the two pillars. You have the independent contractor and you have the full-time employee. And both of those are necessary to keep the temple of work sustained. With you remove one, it hurts the other. So we believe that it shouldn't be one or the other. We believe that there is plenty of opportunity that both can exist side by side. They could coexist. And you'll see in many corporations that are abiding by the laws, the labor laws, they have the bulk of their workers that report to their brick and mortar locations as employees. But then they also bring in independent contractors to fill whatever need for expansion or certain projects as needed. They bring in other expertise that is not in the same line of business that they are focused in as independent contractors. So you could see that it helps for business to continue to have that growth. So we shouldn't be eliminating independent contractors. Unfortunately, what happens is many unions that you see uh, these organized unions that in many cases end up being corporatized, disorganized unions, uh, they get in bed with the corporations and they facilitate that type of abuse instead of standing up for the worker and preserving the, the classifications that came from the National Labor Relations Act. Uh, and the NLRB, National Labor Relations Board, is, is the enforcer of that, but they tend to lean towards employee classification and supporting uh, and providing safeguards for them and, and not so much so for independent contractors because, well, they say the classifications are, are set up in a certain way and that's they're not the true representative for any issues. But yet they're starting to see that that's changed greatly because the underlying facts are they're calling us independent contractors. But with the control mechanisms in place, like I said, we're treated worse than part-time minimum wage employees. Now, and I want to address this other aspect. People, a lot of times they say, love it or leave it. If you don't like it, get another job. Very simply said, I've heard that said, it's such a tired and played out comment. I've heard it said thousands of times. 
And, and it really does sicken me when I hear that because look, in my, in my own case, yes, I have qualifications. I have a huge resume. I could always do other things and so on and so forth. But there's many folks that aren't quite capa- you know, uh, uh, capable and have that kind of a resume that they could just move horizontally and get into other line of work. So we have to be concerned about everyone and not just, you know, that kind of doggy dog, every man for himself mentality that does not promote sustainability. That's what we're experiencing right now. People buy into that false uh, uh, mindset that that is, oh, yeah, that's cool. I'm an independent contractor. I'm in business for yourself. It's like you don't even know what it means to be in business for yourself because if you did, you would not put up with these types of abuses that are being unleashed by these horrendous corporate practices. And, and, you know, back in the day long ago, the corporate charter was something that was temporary. And so these corporations had to behave as good corporate citizens. Otherwise, their corporate charter was revoked. Geez, I'd like to go back to those days. But since they've been given the, 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 the rights to, to rape and pillage ad nauseum, you know, and that came off of the, uh, the civil war with the, uh, the, the legislation that came off of that, um, that was acknowledging and establishing the corporation as a person. And I really recommend people, if you haven't heard about this documentary, check it out on YouTube, Google it. It's called The Corporations. And it really puts in perspective this whole dimension, this whole process uh, from the robber barons, uh, uh, you know, from that period, the Industrial Revolution, and now you have the Technological Revolution. It's it's a repeat of what happened in the past, but it's exponentially worse. So we need to be aware of history so that we learn from it, so that we're not doomed to repeat what? The worst part of it. Because the awakening and having that higher level of consciousness about what's going on then helps us to change the future so we can all work together to shape the future of work in a, in a manner that's sustainable. We also have to take consideration AI automation, self-driving technology. Stephen Hawkins, the, the theoretical physicist, stated that the demise of humanity would come from where? He stated technology. He said the game-changing moment would be the rollout of self-driving technology. That's happening already right now, people, right now. So we need to be aware of it. And they say, oh, that's not still 10, 20 years. Even the, the CEO, Dara Khosr Shahi, says, oh, you know, there'll always be room for human beings. So that's not far off. What they're doing is they're placating the people. They're patronizing you folks. It's happening right now. And so what they're trying to do is have people fall asleep at the wheel, you know, Pun intended. Uh, and they want people to fall asleep at the wheel so that way they could develop all the technology, have it all ready to go. They flip the switch. Guess what happens to workers' rights? Guess what happens to the involvement of workers? Period. Gone. Done. So I tell people, what you see now about this pandemic and this global virus, this is the opening act to what's going to happen later, permanent displacement of millions, if not billions of workers globally by technology. That's where we're at. That's how real it is. That's why circling back around, 
May Day is important. So people have an awakening. We come together as workers. It needs to be workers first because the middle class is being squeezed out of existence. The workers are the ones that pay the bills, that keep the lights on. So we drive this country. And what what you were saying earlier, uh, Sean, is this this aspect about essential workers. Well, it's essential that you take care of essential workers. It's it's the existential part that we need to have protections in the workplace. There needs to be the the PPE, the personal protective equipment provided for all essential workers. We are the backbone of this country. Without us, there's no lifeline. There's no connection. It doesn't keep moving forward. America, in theory, dies because it stops moving. And we're about movement and growth. Without that, we stagnate and we die. And civilizations have been known to die. So we have to learn from the past and, and, and not be doomed to repeat the bad parts of it. But to move together in, in sync as a grassroots movement for the greater good of the global society. This is a global community that we're a part of. And we need to acknowledge that and work together in solidarity with the whole world. With that said, it's quite a bit, quite a mouthful, right? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's all fine and dandy. It sounds great, but I mean, you know, you get you get a and and not to to make light of anything that you said, but uh, okay, you get one day in May. Well, what what is that going to do? How are you going to get everybody involved in that? How are you going to get everybody there? I'm in a union. Didn't even know about it. Uh, I live in the area. Didn't even know about it. So you missed me. Uh, I'm I'm actually pretty active. In, in trying to, you know, voice these concerns of, uh, you know, technocracy and, and all of the, the bad things that are going to come with AI. I mean, you're right. It, it is already being rolled out. You see it in, uh, in, in fast food restaurants now. You, you know, you, you can go and order. You don't even have to u- use a regular person, which if, if I were you, people out there, don't use that automated thing. Go to a person. Because by using that, you're making you're 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 making it uh, uh, feasible for them to eliminate that job. That's uh, correct. Another yeah, another the, another the ordering boards. Yeah, yeah. McDonald's. Uh, a lot of these restaurants, they're forcing uh, customers and even the workers to redirect the uh, clientele to use the ordering little boards, and, and even the ones at the table to cash out uh, to do everything, and they want to. Uh, track uh, the workers in that way to see basically so that way they could get more and more from workers for less and less and then have less workers in the end and then and hopefully with automation eliminate all of them altogether that's the whole goal but you know even restaurants are being squeezed out of existence through this whole uh, uh, you know which is the middle class and mom and pops with this whole uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic and everything the delivery portals, once again, goes back to technology, goes back to technology. These folks are stealing the clientele of these businesses, these these restaurants and these other uh, uh, businesses that provide goods and products that have to be delivered. So they're reliant on these portals, these these front uh, tech, tech folks, and they're stealing their clientele. And any business... When they go to sell it in the marketplace uh, as a real estate uh, opportunity, they're selling goodwill, which is what? It's their clientele list. That's what they're selling. 
So to your comment that you made earlier, you didn't know about the May Day, uh, but now you do. So the point is this. You need to take a step, even if it's a baby step, even if you have to crawl, but we have to start. Start we must. Start we must. But May Day is a call to action, but it's also a call for help. May Day, May Day. It's a call for help for everyone to step up. Because as I say, either step up or be stepped on. And I'm sure most people do not want the negative part of that. So um, it's it's a beginning for everything. Uh, and nothing is ever going to be perfect or 100%, but that's not real life. Nothing is ever perfect or 100%. So we need to keep growing and expanding. So power is knowledge. Now you've been given the knowledge about this. Now it's up to you. Now you're accountable. You are accountable and you're responsible to do something now with that newfound knowledge that has occurred. That's uh, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I'm just not, uh, I'm, I'm not sure of the execution of it, to be honest with you. Um, I, there's just, there's so many problems and, you know, a lot of them stem from, you know, what these these people that are in control, you know, that that are running the country, the legislators, the the politicians that are making these laws that enrich themselves, which allow the corporations to be as strong and as powerful as they are, because they're in bed with the politicians. It's a one. It, it's it's. I mean, it, it starts there. And they're never gonna they're never gonna vote themselves out of office. They're not gonna go for term limits. None of that's gonna happen uh, unless we we you know make a change there. So I mean, like well, I never say never, never say never. Uh, you know that, that because then that's a defeatist attitude. And look, we're not saying that workers' actions out in the streets are the end all be all and the solution for everything. No, it's not because those are just excuses to get the general public's attention through the media. Uh, it, what it is, is it's a call to action. It's a rallying point so you could bring great minds together from many different sectors. We have to unite as workers, not be lost in, you know, specific, the teachers. Oh, well, we're not being fairly compensated. And I mean, bottom line, a lot of people always complain about wages, right? But what do they always say? If you don't like it, get another job. It's not that easily done by some of these folks that have limited resources. And since in many cases they're living from, from hand to mouth, they don't have the, the extra resources as, uh, as emergency funds that they could take the time off to make that kind of transition. So it's easier said than done. And it's usually those folks that are so quick to provide those kinds of easy answers. Uh, those are the ones that when it happens to them, then they have a, a come to Jesus moment where they're like, oh, shit, this happened to me. Now, can someone help me? Well, um, you know, when other people needed your help, were you there for them? So we, we, we have to wait. I mean, uh, we have to not wait, actually, until it gets to that point to be so extreme and dire. And like I said, desperation, uh, a despair, poverty, suicide. Before you start taking actions and doing things, the time to act is now, not waiting until it gets to that extreme and then try to backpedal and do something when it, you know, it's a little too little too late at that point. So that's why the call to action 
is dire, it's now, and it's immediate, and we have to bring a new attitude that it's not going to be union-driven. We don't need the unions in order to find solutions. Unions, yes, can be a powerful tool, but the tool is not a solution. And But everything we need to throw into the hat together, and we need to put it together to make some 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 great outcomes. We're in a state of flex. This is an a, a, a area that's very gray with the new technology and what's going on. So you can't use old school methods to address these new school technologies and approaches. We have to be rather flexible in our approach. And we have to think outside the box. We have to be very creative. You can't be using pages from an old school uh, playbook from the 1950s of organizing 101. That won't work in today's society. It doesn't work. So we have to be thinking in a new way and be open to new ideas and use, as we have, social media as a tool for communication. You know, is there violations of privacy data in there? Uh, hell yes. Um, uh, so we need to own our own uh, uh, avenues and mediums and channels of communication. Uh, so all of this is essential. I like to refer to it as like a, a not just a shotgun approach, but a sawed-off shotgun approach. And that means you get a bigger spray pattern. Something is going to stick. Something's going to hit people. But the thing is, is that you got to get the gun there. You got, you got to load it. You got to aim it. You got to shoot it. It's not going to happen on its own. As I say, you know, uh, uh, guns don't kill people. People kill people. So we need to put the onus and the responsibility back on people and stop deferring to other things and pointing the finger and shifting the blame and coming up with excuses. Well, I could, I could have, I should have, I know, but I didn't. Well, because I didn't know. Well, it's your responsibility. Our founding fathers of this country would be ashamed of us that we are not stepping up to secure those, those freedoms that they fought hard for to, to place in the constitution for us. We have to uphold these, these maxims, you know, fair, just, and equitable. Those are the maxims of the court. Why do you have to go to the court to assert that? We should already be having that happening for us because we make it happen every day. And what we do, how we do it, who we do it with. So basically, we need to align and unite all these folks and stop coming up with these excuses of why I can't do this or why I didn't do that. And, and stop looking about half empty. Start looking about half full. Let's work with what we have. There's a quote by Theodore Roosevelt. Do what you can with what you have where you're at. Stop waiting for the perfect moment. To take action because it's never going to come. It's never going to happen. And you're going to be there waiting. But at the same time, never say never because all things are possible. It all starts up here in your head. You got to think positive and you have to think with that mentality. Si se puede, yes, we can. United, we can make a difference. In unity and solidarity, we can. And I know that there's some folks, they hear these certain words, certain verbiage like solidarity and, and, you know, workers, people, party and all that. They think it's socialism, communism and everything. Look, those labels, people, capitalism, socialism are being used against us to divide us. We need to unite 
as people, as one. And instead of hum, uh, the, 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 uh, communism, socialism, capitalism, how about humanism? How about humanism? Let's practice that. How about the people's party for people? Let's put workers first and let's support politicians that support the workers. If you can't do that, you shouldn't be there because you're not representing our interests. It's that simple. That's how we should do. We shouldn't be divided by partisan politics. You know, I deal with the truckers. A lot of truckers are, are Republicans, you know, and they're like, oh, Trump, 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 Trump. Really? I'm sorry. Don't look at the person. Look at what has he done for you lately? That's what you need to focus. This is not like on, you know, like the 49ers, uh, you know, versus, you know, the, the Seattle Seahawks. These are not teams. This is not a game, people. This is real life. Stop playing it the red against the blue, you know, the, the left against the right. You know, those are divisive paradigms that are being used on us and, and are being empowered by us to disable us instead of enable us. We need to enable ourselves and not enable bad, horrendous, bad practices that are being done, not just here, but globally. We have the power. And whatever it is, you had mentioned earlier about the stick, we need to take that stick back and use it. The American pie, instead of them cutting it up and giving us a small slice, because everyone wants a slice of the American pie. No, we need to take back that American pie and we need to give the American government a small slice and say, you know what? Now you work with that. You work with that. You work within those resources and those parameters. Do the best that you can because you know there's a lot of government inefficiency and there's a lot of things that slip through the cracks that they're doing and they're, they're continuing to do because they can get away with it. That's why, because there's not the accountability because we're not holding their feet to the fire like they do us. If we don't pay taxes, what happens? They come down on us like 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 white on rice, okay? That quickly. There's no hesitate. Earlier you mentioned about foreclosures on the home. You don't pay, you lose your home that quickly. No consideration about displacement of families, this and that and whatever. And you know what? About predatory lending, that these people, they got into loans that they were not aware and it ends up biting them in the ass later on. It happens. People say, oh, you should have known what but the thing is that they prey upon people that are more easily victimized. Immigrants, low income, minorities, seniors, disabled, veterans, you know, even students and other folks, even folks that pr had prior criminal records that are even further marginalized. But the thing is, is that they're all being marginalized. We are all being marginalized, but we're allowing that. We're giving our power away. We have to say no, not in our name. And we have to stop it now and start great behavior and, and positive behavior to achieve the results that we are looking for, for sustainability, for long-term goals. And that's including, you know, that's why socioeconomic and, 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 uh, and even environmental justice, all of that has to go hand in hand. That shouldn't be all divisive. You have the environmentalists here. You have the, the, the economic justice, uh, Folks over here, social uh, justice over there. No, we should all be together, united under one roof of solidarity. That's how we push. That's how we get results. But together, it's all a grassroots uh, 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 swelling together that we all grow together and we all benefit together in getting all the results that is sustainable and long term. Well, I, I, I agree with you. I, I do. 
I, I agree with, with everything that you're saying. Uh, and I, it's not, and it's not about agreeing with me. It's just the concepts. And I, and I get attacked. Look, I get attacked many times because I put my neck out there, but you know, it's not about me. It's about the movement. And, and, and I'm just the messenger. So if you don't like the message, don't kill the messenger, you know, instead maybe offer some solutions to improve the message in some way, but do what you can, but do something. A lot of people, they offer to help, you know, this and that. They talk about helping, but, but then they don't do anything. The answer is do something. If every person does a little bit of something, like example, on social media, you see an article or something that speaks to, to your, your, your soul about injustice. Post it, make a comment on it, repost it. But do something. If everyone did a little bit of something, wow, this world would be in a much better place. And and that's where that's where we all push together. And that's you know, as the name of your show, nowhere to go but up. You have to move as if success is inevitable, but move you must. Also, PSA. Uh, read that article first all the way through because there's a lot of clickbait out there that uh, and I've gotten caught in this a couple of times where I just read the first couple of paragraphs and it and it you know that uh, uh, confirmation bias uh, kicked in and I oh my god I uh, this is great and I shot it out to a bunch of people and lo and behold there's you know your president Trump said this and that and you know the blowback i got from that you know lost some uh, facebook friends lost, <laughs> you know what i mean so be careful you know read everything fully before you before you press send right and i i agree with you to a certain extent and i'll and i'll qualify it by saying this is that what we do is people they say oh i can't believe you posted that because that is so against what we're doing and everything why would you do it and i and my response is this because you have to know both sides of the argument. That's why. And because I don't believe in force feeding one side, a uh, one-sided information to people. I want people to have their own epiphany, have their own self-realization. There, you know, there's three things that people should be aspiring to achieve in their life: self-actualization, self-realization, and and uh, what's the other? <laughs> Uh, realization, actualization, and uh, self-fulfillment. Yeah. So, and all that, I mean, it does lead to the self-fulfillment, but it's having a sense of purpose and and, uh, and, and, and having the meaningfulness in your life. And, you know, it's purposefulness. There's a, there's a concept of purposefulness that if you don't have a sense of purpose in your life, then there's this there's this other saying, and I know I use a lot of sayings, but they say that you know the anxiety. Uh, well, let me rephrase it. They say that depression comes from people who live in the past, and anxiety it comes from people who who are fearful about the future. So with all that going on, you know, manic depressive, and then big pharmacists take a pill as your solution. No, the solution is live in the now and do the best that you can with what you have so that you can improve your future. But but do it now because, people, there is no tomorrow. Now's the time. Tomorrow's never promised. Tomorrow's never promised. There's nothing guaranteed. And let me tell you, whoever said life was going to be fair, 
nobody. It's not. But we have to push to make it more than just fear. We have to look at just and equitable. And, you know, how about the quality of life? I use the saying, Americans want to succeed, not just survive. It's true. Because surviving is just barely pushing through. It's not living, people. That's just barely existing. It's not life. That's not living. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's why do it anymore? And you can imagine it's very depressing. People, they throw in the towel. Don't give up. There's so much there, but you got to look for it. Sometimes you have to get outside yourself. They say some of the most happiest people are selfless. That means that they're thinking of other people first. So when you do something for others, that'll come back to you exponentially. So if everyone practices that, well, you wouldn't even have to take care of yourself because everyone would be taking care of each other. The world would be a much better place. It's that simple. People, it starts with a simple thought. Don't overcomplicate your life. Don't overthink it. Too much overthinking, extracurricular thinking, and you spend all that time and you get nothing done. You get nothing done. Life is too short. It comes, it goes, and that's it. And what did you do about it? You have to look at you yourself. What can I do? Pick yourself up by your bootstraps. If you need a little help, ask for it. Put aside your pride and your ego. You'll find that there are people that are there, a support network, a safety net, which us workers need more than just financially. Independent contractors, supposedly, the concept is if we were paid significantly enough that we set our own rates, terms, and conditions, we build in enough to pay for our own safety net. In theory, that's about, supposed to be how it works. And the higher paid levels of independent contractor workers, they're able to do that because they have extra discretionary disposable income that they reinvest in themselves. But when you get squeezed and you have companies like Uber and Lyft and DoorDash and Postmates and Instacart, and you have the truckers, the, the, the freight brokers that are squeezing the life out of the drivers, giving them garbage rates for mileage that no one in their right mind would do that work, but they're stuck in it. They have a huge investment in it. So they're committed and it's hard for them to get out from this big hole. So back to your statement, nowhere to go but up. Nowhere to go but up. Because if you go any further, you're beyond your six feet under, you're dead. You become the living dead. We don't want that, people. We want you to strive and thrive in today's society. But it's up to us to make that happen. Si se puede, yes, we can. Say that three times. Very powerful when you're facing the challenges of life. In psychology, it's the repetition in threes. And that's why, and I'll give you an example. Taxi driver. A lot of people remember the line from Taxi Driver with Robert De Niro. What did he, what did he say, Sean Dustin? That was not a movie that I, I remember. I don't remember it's Taxi so, Driver. It's, it's far back. But anyhow, he said, you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Uh, are you talking to me? You know, he changed it up. Same words. Delivered slightly different ways. Same message, though. Same message. And the thing is, is repetition. Repetition. So, folks, instead of repeating negative affirmations, 
repeat positive affirmations. There's a lot of motivational uh, uh, speeches that are out there and presentations and YouTube videos that are out there. Google it. People, they ask me, wow, how do you know about this and that? Whatever. Google it. Man, you've got a portable library there that you can have access to all kinds of information from all over the world. Of course, don't ever trust just one source. You know, double check and corroborate your, your, your information, uh, like uh, uh, Sean had said earlier. Um, you know, don't trust any one source. But it's there, people. It's there as a tool. Use it. And when you use these tools effectively, you will find solutions. So no one's an army unto themselves. We are, and, and no one, you know, an island mentality is not going to work. This dog eat dog, every man for himself is not going to work. It's not sustainable. That's why it doesn't work. So take care of business, but but don't be given the monkey business by the corporations and misled by the politicians, the legislators, the the unions and all these other folks that say that they're coming out in our interest. No, it's always self-serving, unfortunately, until we turn that around and we have to hold them accountable. But we must drive that. It must come from the trenches. That's the way. We need to tsunami this up. Instead of this trickle down, it needs to be tsunami up from the rank and file. That's where you have the true power in the grassroots movement. So like I said earlier, si se puede, yes, we can. I think that's a good uh, point to go ahead and let you plug wherever it is that you're, uh, you know, all your places, your spaces. Where can people find you if they want to get involved in your movement? Yeah, as I mentioned, I mean, we're on Facebook. If you do hashtag Drivers Unite uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, Drivers Unite, uh, we've got Gig Workers Unite, we have Truckers Unite. Uh, just put those words together, uh, hashtag it, and um, and you'll find us. Uh, you know, Google it. It'll pop up if you want to know more about me, Edward Escobar, Uber Lyft. If you put those uh, words together, then things will pop up. The Alliance for Independent Workers, uh, you know, we're uh, an umbrella organization that is pulling together many coalitions uh, throughout the world. Throughout the world, we have uh, beyond just nationally, Australia. Canada, Brazil, Africa, and beyond. And, and so we need to be together, united in solidarity where the challenges are at. And obviously it's global. Technology is global. Uber, they want to Uberize the world. So where they're at, we are also. But there's many other companies out there that are uh, part of the tech titans um, that are shaping the future of work. And we need to be there, right there, a couple clicks ahead of them. Uh, and shaping it for the benefit uh, benefit of the workers. So yes, and we also have gigsup.org, uh, G-I-G-S-U-P, gigsup.org. Also, uh, uh, we are the only national organization supporting Congresswoman Deb Hallen on the Gig Is Up bill, and that is to provide uh, full coverage uh, on FICA, which would provide provide the, the Medicare and Social Security, and that is to be paid by corporations that make $100 million or more a year and claim to have 10000 or more independent contractors. So that takes the pain off of the taxpayers and puts the onus and responsibility back on the corporations where it should be because they're receiving the lion's share of the benefit from the work of their laborers. 
So I, that's basically it. I mean, we welcome everyone to also support in, in Washington, D.C. right now. We have the Truckers Unite uh, movement. A lot of truckers, 100-plus truckers are outside the White House uh, right now. And they are lined up there and and looking to get the attention of the administration. So, folks, there's so much that's out there. Just look for it, though. Google it. Be a part of what's going on in, in your local, regional, state, national, and international. Uh, uh, that's how far the needs are, and they exist. But you have to open up yourself to possibilities, and so that way you can be part of the solution and not part of the problem. So we welcome you all aboard. We have our also Driving Forward podcast. Uh, look for that. You can Google that as well. So thank you for having me on the show. Mr. Sean Dustin, nowhere to go but up. I love the powerful uh, strength in that message. So uh, please support Sean Dustin with uh, his podcast, Nowhere to Go But Up. And thank you so much, sir, for having me on your show today. No, thank you, Edward. I appreciate it. You, uh, you, you know, I, I was listening to everything that you're saying. I'm on the other side of this, uh, you know, with, with, with a union. I mean, I've, you know, I was pretty involved in my union. I was a part of the negotiating committee for our contract, uh, last year. So I know the, the ins and outs of how, uh, those unions work. Uh, I'm not, I'm not entirely, uh, I don't, I don't think that they're bad. I mean, at least mine isn't, it doesn't, uh, I mean, it, it's more for the, uh, the workers and having been a part of the negotiating committee, I got to see behind the scenes of how that plays out and, and what goes on in those rooms, uh, when a, a, a contract is being negotiated, uh, for the next three years. So, but there are other unions out there. I, I, you know, we just, uh, witnessed it with the, uh, when the huge movement that was happening with the unions across the country about almost a year ago, maybe eight months ago, uh, there was one union in particular where one of the guys was, you know, the embezzling money. So yes, there are some bad things that go on if, if it's allowed to happen. But for the most part, unions are, are not that bad. Uh, right, and we're not saying that they're bad. We're just saying that they can be a lot better, and and they and that we need to focus on putting the worker as the priority agenda item for the union. That's what we're saying. So we're we're trying to take control, and 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 sharpen and and shape the direction of the future of work, and that does include the unions, but as a tool, not as a solution, because you have other organizations that are out there. And they believe that the solution is to unionize and that man is going to fall from heaven just magically just because you unionize. That's not the case, people. It's not the case. So we need to basically take back the unions to benefit the workers first and foremost. And that's how we can get a lot of things done in the positive and, uh, and not have our time wasted because time is of the essence. And this is, there is a sense of urgency here. As you can see, this kind of impact that you see of just a month and a half of shelter in place. Um, and that's, that's devastating, devastating. So what you see here is the opening act, the permanent displacement of workers. Wait until it happens, millions and billions of workers globally. So we're saying learn from right now. Do something now while you can, while you have some resources still at your, at, at your hand. 
um, available to you that you can exercise them. So that's what we're saying. To not be confused, we're not saying that unions are all bad. Look at the ILWU, the the International Longshore Warehouse Union. They've been, uh, you know, they've pushed back against the other unions in the AFL-CIO, and they've done they've 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 uh, marched to the beat of a different drummer, but they've stayed in touch with uh, the the workers in the trenches, and they didn't just go with the flow with whatever the mandates of AFL-CIO. They did what they felt was right. They made statements that were for the benefit of the people. So that's what we're saying. We just need to take back the, the reins and the controls of uh, uh, organized labor. We, we want to make it organized once again, organized and efficient and effective in getting results. All the organizing in the world doesn't matter. It doesn't mean diddly squat if you don't get results. And if you want results, make them long-term. If you have a choice between short-term and long-term, why not go for long term? Don't do these nickel and dime contracts that you have to renegotiate within the next year or two again. And that's unfortunately what the unions end up doing. Why? Because they want to maintain their existence, the purpose, the, the, the reason that they exist is for, for that thing to be in the trenches constantly. So don't create problems so that you create busy work for yourself. And that's what the unions, unfortunately, have fallen into that kind of routine and pattern of behavior. And we're saying you don't have to do that. You could actually focus on these other areas that need improvement. There's a lot of room for growth. We opened a lot of the doors for Teamsters and SEIU, uh, you know, for them to, to take a look at gig economy workers. Because why? Because the unions, they were dying. They are dying because they weren't staying, staying relevant. So they started to look at other areas, how they could expand their ranks. Guess what they looked at? The gig economy. Gig economy workforce is a third of the workforce and growing. Next couple of years, it's going to be 40%. By 2027, they projected it's going to be 50% of the workforce. The workforce presently is pegged at about 170 million estimated. So imagine 2027, 50% of that gig workers, independent contractors. So full-time employment is, is under attack to be undermined. So we got to think in terms of the long game, and that's how we can start to uh, shape our solutions so that it'll be appropriate when the time comes. It's, it's not just putting band-aids on things. That's what's gotten us into the problem that we are currently in. So we need to stop that way of thinking of just short-term immediate gratification and look at the long game and sustainability and future generations. It's not just me, 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 the inner child, uh, the id. Uh, no, it has to be about others, about future generations. People who have children, they get it. They get it, at, at least if they care about their kids. They should get it, right? So that's what we have to think in terms of that, the long game. That's where it makes the difference. So, since that part of it, yes, we can, sir. All right. Well, that's you, you, you said it all right there, my friend. Uh, you know, we, it, it is... I mean, there, there, there are differences within, within a, a movement. Uh, but I mean, as long as the, the same goal is, you know, the, the rights and, and, and the, uh, uh, the worker. I mean, what more? I mean, you know, the, uh, the Democratic Party used to be, <laughs> we're not going to get into this, but I mean, it used to be about, you know, the worker and labor, the labor party. And we've gotten really far from that. So yeah, it's, it's about time that we, we turn things around. I agree with you there. Uh, 
You know, it's yeah. uh, and, the, and, the and worker we, is the heart and soul. The worker is the heart and soul of Americana, of America. When you look at a trucker, and he has the American flag there, and and, and he's transporting the products, goods, services that that keep items on the shelves that makes it convenient for the rest of us. Otherwise, those shelves go bare in just a couple of days, brother. That's how it is. So that's the reality. And now we've seen the impact of that. Look at this run on toilet paper. Come on, my, for Christ's sakes, come on. You see, so th- these are the things that we're talking about that need to be discussed. And I really appreciate you, Sean, Dustin, uh, with nowhere to go but up to bring this to the attention of, of the American people. So thank you. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank you as well. Uh, hang out for a second. Uh, when I sign off, uh, I got some instructions for you. Uh, other than that, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for enlightening, uh, my guests and, or not my guests, but the listeners and myself as well. I mean, you know, just cause I'm in a union doesn't necessarily mean I know all of this stuff. Uh, I didn't know May Day thing was happening. You know, we, like you said before, we get, we get, we get sidetracked with Labor Day and, and forget all about May Day. So, correct. Yeah. So, yes, I, I want to thank you again. Thank you for coming on the show and, uh, you know, good luck with the movement. I will try to do my part and as best as I can to support you and, and your efforts, sir. Yeah. And they can feel free to direct message me online to the Edward Escobar on Facebook. Um, I, I have the symbol there of the Uber symbol with the fists up in the air. Um, and so they can direct message me and, you know, I respond there. We have a number of groups that under different names. So, um, you know, on Twitter as well. So um, reach out to me, DM me, direct message, private message me, and I do respond. All right. Like I said, hang out, brother. I will get with you in just a second. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. And thank you, Edward. I really appreciate all the good information that you laid on me today. I definitely agree with your message. And I believe that we do need to unify as workers. Uh, As you can see uh, from our current situation, that there's not a whole lot of protections for workers out there. Unless you are in a union or some sort of organization that will protect you uh, as a worker. So you can find all of Edward's information in the show notes as usual, as well as mine. Also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. If you have a family member or friend who would benefit from listening to the show, go ahead and send them on over. I'd love to have them as a listener. Head on over to the Facebook group if you want to interact uh, with me or any of my past guests. Uh, We are over in the Facebook group. Go to the Linktree link at the bottom of the show notes, and all of the places to connect to the show are there. Follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and all of those are available in the Linktree link couple of other things that are available in that link is there's about four different episodes of where I was a guest on somebody else's show. So if you want to hear more about me and uh, my story, being a guest on other podcasts, uh, those are available there as well. And until next time, keep it 100, stay true to yourself, everything else is just noise. (laughs) 